Poems from the Inner Life by Lizzie Doughton Number 29 The Mysteries of Godliness A Lecture Read by K. Hand The Mysteries of Godliness A Lecture Delivered by Miss Lizzie Doughton at Clinton Hall Monday, P.M., November 2nd, 1863 Phonographically Reported by Robert S. Moore for several reasons we must be as brief and comprehensive as possible in our remarks tonight we do not intend to make any great intellectual effort or to endeavor to astonish you with lofty strains of eloquence we simply desire to present to you a few facts in connection with the poem about to be given and we do this under the distinctive title of our discourse the mysteries of godliness as godliness was a mystery in the past so it is in the present and why is it a mystery because men understand so little of the practice of godliness socrates was accustomed to say that a man was always sufficiently eloquent in that which he clearly understood and thus a man will not look upon that as a mystery which is a part of his daily life and with which he has become familiar through experience but as it was in the days when jesus lived and taught or when paul wrote his epistle to timothy so godliness to the great mass of minds remains a mystery when paul penned those words without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world and received up into glory he referred particularly to the life and teachings of jesus we however give to the passage a more comprehensive and extended application if the mystery of godliness was made manifest in the life of jesus because of his divinity then do we say to men of the present day beloved now are ye also sons of god and if the word was made flesh and dwelt in the midst of men in the person of jesus of nazareth so that same word is incarnated in greater or less degree in every human being be he rich or poor black or white bond or free in the same way also everyone possessing a living soul is a manifestation of the mystery of godliness and when a man goes into his own nature when he understands himself when he reads the mysteries of his own being when he looks away from his positive and earthly necessities up to his divine possibilities and sees how vast is the range how infinite his capabilities then he begins to understand something of the mysteries of godliness the church has used this phraseology in the past and knew not what it meant she had the form of godliness and yet in word and deed a in very thought she denied the power thereof therefore it has been in all past time when there were some true and sincere souls in the church who made manifest both by profession and practice that in part at least they comprehended the mystery of godliness which is the highest spirituality not spiritualism and let it flow out into the beauty and harmony of perfect lives the church looked at them with a doubtful countenance there was such a thing as being too holy and the church felt that such lives were a reproach to her self-righteousness and hypocrisy she was not familiar with the manifestation of true godliness and consequently looked upon it as something that threatened her internal peace and the success of her stereotyped plan of salvation therefore it was that the voice of condemnation was raised against michael de molinos fenelon madame guillon and the whole host of quietists and reformers by dim forecasting of the soul and heroic struggling with the flesh and sense
they had learned something of that holy mystery it was that which could not be translated into human language it could not be written into books but it was that which was to be felt in the soul and made manifest in the life godliness true spirituality cannot find expression in words and so it must of necessity manifest its divine beauty in the life but what is the idea we intend to convey when we use the term godliness who is god from whose name this word is simply a derivative godliness is the manifestation of his spirit and power in the soul of man yet it is not god who then is he we must look into the lexicon of every human heart to find our reply for each one worships his own ideal of deity according to the revelation of truth which he receives and to the capacity of his spirit to comprehend the old philosophers sought for god in all the external world they also went down into the mysteries of the spirit as far as philosophy could sound its mighty depths and yet they could not fathom his infinite nature although form and an external are necessary to man as a completion of his idea yet when he reasons deeply concerning deity he cannot arrive at any satisfactory conclusions concerning his personality he can only worship him as a principle as a presence and a power man in his insignificance can only look up to that superior intelligence which manifests itself throughout nature and worship either in the silence of the heart or in the inadequate articulations of human speech the finite never did as yet compass and comprehend the infinite and before that majestic question which all the ages have sought in vain to answer before that mighty oracle whose essence and nature have never been understood man might as well remain dumb but where you ask shall man find his highest manifestation of deity how shall he know and understand god so that he may attain unto the true mystery of godliness the most of god that you can know is through your own souls your neighbor may speak unto you of the influences which flow in upon him from the great soul of all you can only listen but cannot comprehend unless there is something of the same spirit of the same divine life within you but as you grow in goodness and spirituality you comprehend more clearly the truth which jesus the greatest medium the world ever knew spoke to the ears of men when he said god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth therefore our definition of godliness is spirituality the influence of god felt in the soul and made manifest in the life of man just in proportion as this principle or power is realized in the hearts of men they approach more nearer unto deity they see more of his perfect life they understand more of his ways they leave speculations concerning his personality and go away to those great generalizations whereby a man's soul grows comprehensive and universal in its sympathies and beholds the operations of the infinite mind in all things thus as jesus was a manifestation of that godliness or spirituality the self-same divine power the divine in the human is manifest in every sentient being and here we approach a mighty truth in whose majestic presence we feel inclined to lay aside our dusty sandals for the place whereon we stand seems holy ground while studying the mysteries of our own being we find that necessarily we worship everlasting truth in whatever form it may be presented we go away from limitations we go away from sects and creeds from tottering institutions and the musty theologies of the past and stand face to face with that fresher revelation of deity in the heart 
then it is that man feels there are primary and fundamental truths lying at the basis of all philosophy and all religion and only as he builds upon these broad foundations can he rear a glorious superstructure against which all the winds of changing theories and the descending floods of mere speculative philosophy will not be able to prevail as man like one initiated into the mysteries of masonry enters into this lodge of freedom he begins to believe in himself no man can have faith in god who has no faith in himself that is the first step toward the divine you take that step in the secret of the soul when you first acknowledge the divine in the human and confess its supporting influence for instance two men may be standing on the borders of a precipice below there is the deep ravine opposite the other side of the mountain they look far down and see rough ragged points of rocks and far far below the floods boiling white with foam over this abyss there is but one slight frail bridge and that is the trunk of a single tree one man says since we must pass over i will proceed i know that i can go i will go that man has faith in himself he plants his feet firmly he looks upward and passes safely over the second says i do not believe that i can go i fear i shall fall he totters on trembling until he reaches the middle and then cries out o oh lord lord help me so surely as he utters that cry faithless in his own power that man must fall and thus it is with human souls they are standing here in earthly life gazing across the great abyss of the future it is dark and terrible below they cannot clearly understand what fate awaits them but they see the straight and narrow way before them if a man plants his feet firmly and says i can and i will it is the greatest possible acknowledgment of his faith in god that man has stepped upon the threshold of the mysteries of godliness those mysteries will be made clearer and more apparent to his soul as he advances but if with craven soul he says i know not what to do i will wait for god's providences and let them come as they may for of myself i can do nothing if he trusts to the vicarious atonement and an external deity and does nothing for his own salvation if in making oral prayers to the lord of the universe he forgets to worship god in spirit and loses the vitalizing consciousness of the divine within his own being that man will assuredly err he will continually go astray for externally he has the form of godliness but practically and internally he denies the power thereof the world today is standing in a certain sense in that same position men are lifting up their hands and crying lord lord believing that they shall thus enter into the kingdom while within their own beings there is a broad region of spiritual reason i we may say by simple common sense have turned aside from creeds and theories and have inquired earnestly of nature and of the god within it is refreshing at times to find such a soul one that believes in the inspiration of the living word incarnated in all flesh and made apparent throughout the universe not a pantheist believing in the manifestation of deity and nature alone and in nothing higher but realizing that the creation is the perceptible and external revelation of deity believing with the german philosopher fichte that there is a divine idea pervading this visible universe which visible universe is indeed but its simple and sensible manifestation having in itself no meaning or even true existence independent of it to the mass of men this divine idea lies hidden yet to discern it to seize it and live wholly in it is the condition of all genuine virtue knowledge freedom and the end therefore of all spiritual effort in every age 
he who lives and dwells in this idea enters into the mysteries of godliness all divine ideas are exceedingly simple when they are known it is because men are looking too high that they do not receive the living inspirations of the truth they turn away from themselves and neglect to observe the manifestation of the spirit within their own being they look upon their brother man or sister woman and forget to exercise that broad charity which sees the spirit struggling with the flesh or feebly breasting the wild waves of a tempestuous life simply because it was thus constituted and surrounded men commonly judge from their own individual standpoint instead of going away back to the divinity of the inner life and from its pure eyes looking into the heart of their erring brother or sister he who simply criticizes the man and judges him by the limitations of his own life errs greatly but he who looks beyond and behind him sees that there are truths and principles and powers and loving earnest spirits who are endeavoring to make manifest their inspiration through him and although he may be changeable in his nature although he may be erratic and wandering it is only through the excess of power that cannot find an appropriate manifestation through such an organization and such a one was he of whom we speak tonight that erratic genius edgar a poe the mysteries of godliness not of morality as the world understands it confounded him he could see more clearly than most of men he looked out into the vast arcana of nature and his soul trembled before majestic revelation he knew not how to express in any adequate form of speech those great and mighty thoughts which rose and shone like stars of wondrous beauty in his soul he knew not how to give his burning inspirations a manifestation through his life and being edgar a poe was a medium a medium you say he himself would scorn the name and we who knew him deny it but of what was he a medium we do not confine ourselves to that definition of the term given by modern spiritualists he was a medium for the general inspiration which sets like a current of living fire through the universe no special individual spirit wrought directly upon him but he felt the might and majesty of occult forces from the world of causes and trembled beneath their influence he was a medium not to disembodied spirits only so far as mind acts upon mind by the great law of unity and in the same way he was psychologically affected by spirits in the body he had a peculiarly sensitive and impressible nature and in the mysteries of a spirituality which he did not seek to comprehend he was easily wrought upon by the minds around him not but what he possessed self-will not indeed that he lacked that firmness whereby when his soul was aroused he could repel such influences but his nature was so finely strung that every harsh word every unkindly discord grated and thrilled through his entire being so that oftentimes it would seem as though he would beat down the wall of clay to give his spirit freedom and to escape forever from the inharmonious influences of the world from the presence of those by whom he was so little understood it is difficult to comprehend such natures for they are not common but alas for such they have no choice but to be denizens of this world and all the rough sharp angles of rude humanity seem continually to wound and irritate their sensitiveness torturing them almost to madness and yet there is a deep strong undercurrent to their lives there is a beautiful spirituality which leads men to perceive that there is a power in the universe which balances all these inequalities and apparent inharmonies of human beings and so although they are set at variance with the world in certain portions of their nature yet they are rewarded in others 
edgar a poe possessed the power of retiring from external things into the mysteries of the spirit the greatest authors and musical composers the world ever knew were those whose favorite pursuit so completely absorbed them that all external things were excluded and they forgot while their inspirations were upon them what manner of men they were forgot the necessities of the flesh and all the surroundings of their daily lives such men could understand our meaning when we say that edgar a poe lived much in his inner life and there as in the experience of the soul wrapped and inspired bohemian glorious revelations of the sublime and the beautiful were made manifest unto him the common forms of human speech were inadequate for expression therefore he seized upon the secret harmony of words and strung them like flashing gems on the gold line of his thought weaving them into wild strange metaphors oftentimes so bewildering and dazzling that the common mind could only feel the charm without comprehending the mystery like ezekiel in his vision he beheld the wondrous living creatures and the wheels and as they were represented so did he describe them but the mind of the reader must be in a similar state of illumination in order to clearly understand his meaning there were seasons when he seemed to enter into a peaceful alliance with the earth and all harmonious and beautiful things yet when his peculiarly sensitive nature was startled and aroused he turned back to this valhalla of his soul and there he found another element of peace a strange paradoxical peace which comes through the herculean efforts of the soul to clamber up the rugged heights of destiny such peace as is given unto souls when the angel with a flaming sword drives them from the eden places of this world back into the mysteries of their being in order that from their bloody sweat and bitter agony they may ring out great songs of moving inspiration and reveal to mankind generally the wondrous world of ideas and causes which lies beyond the limits of sense and the range of external observation all such are men of destiny they are compelled over the ways which they tread the world looks upon them and cannot understand them men consider them as anomalies and strange inconsistencies as abnormal manifestations of the spirit yet for this cause came they into the world and as poets and artists and musical composers are born with the undeveloped elements of their genius within them so particular souls in close connection with the spiritual world who are continually receiving direct impressions and revelations from the sphere of causes are born such from their cradle and thus the mystery of spirituality or godliness as the world passes on generation after generation is becoming more and more apparent in the lives and experiences of men when we speak of spirituality do not consider that we mean modern spiritualism as understood by the world which has furnished any amount of sheep's clothing to the wolves who desire to prey upon the lambs in the unguarded fold of humanity neither do we mean that inflated spirituality which in its zeal for reform and contempt for ceremonies and limitations rushes to extremes and deceiving itself uses its liberty as an occasion to the flesh but we do mean that living principle which makes itself manifest in high-toned souls whose sublime aspirations exalt the whole life above the common level of humanity it may come out as a fitful and glimmering light but it shows that the divine inspiration is there and all men when they perceive it are ready to acknowledge it as genuine whatever is truly good glorious or divine that which possesses in itself real merit and inspiration cannot fail to find a responsive echo and thus was it with the writings of poe when from the glowing fire crypts of his soul he wrought out with master strokes his raven and gave it to the world men felt that there was the ring of true genius and although it was the utterance of a nature at variance with its earthly surroundings 
and tortured by its own sensibility yet because of its gloomy grandeur and euphonious rhythm the poem could not fail to be appreciated such natures cannot live long in the flesh they are like two-edged swords which wear upon the scabbard there is ever an unseen hand upon the hilt and finally when the word of command is given the sword is drawn and becomes a most effective instrument in the hand of everlasting truth then the individual nature that has so long battled the stormy elements of mortal life first perceives its advantages and in the triumphant exultation which spirits always feel when freed from the fetters of mortality it exclaims o death where is thy sting o grave where is thy victory the diviner spirituality which was obscured by the flesh which was crushed down by earthly circumstances at length frees itself and starts up in all its majesty and glory but the mysterious growth and development of the spirit does not end here perhaps in this connection we may present to you certain points from which you will feel obliged to dissent they may seem like vague theories and wild speculations yet they are truths which you are yet to realize in your eternal experience truths which this one of whom we speak will present to you in repetition tonight there is a power in man which is closely connected with the things of external life and draws inspiration from nature and the associations of his fellow-men there is a power also in every human being superior to the spirit and that is the soul or innermost life which is a divine and indestructible principle when therefore the garment of flesh is laid aside when the mortal puts on its immortality the spirit goes forth precisely as it is if it has been under the influence of ungoverned passion if it has striven through mad ambition to attain to some cherished ideal still does it feel that impetus and its earthly longings and aspirations must pass away through a gradual transformation you may dissent from this but the change of the earthly garment does not affect a radical change in the spirit and thus as the spirit of edgar a poe started forth on its celestial journey all that bound him to earth still held a certain degree of influence over him life is one eternal progress and only by progression and the gradual development of his nobler nature could he outlive that bondage in many respects he had loved life and the things of earth in his intercourse with men he could not free himself from the sins which did so easily beset him neither could he restrain that sensitiveness and irritability of nature which so often destroyed the peace of his outer and inner life and therefore he must necessarily outgrow that in higher conditions and under more favorable influences as he gradually attained to a sublimer consciousness of the beautiful and true much of the wild and fitful fire peculiar to his genius departed from him and there came in its stead a majestic flow of inspiration solemn and grand as the music of the spheres he saw that there were harmonious relations awaiting him and as his soul was rich in sympathy and love he aspired to those conditions and he could not rest until he had attained unto them the hindrance to his perfect peace was in his own spirit and he realized it for him it was the commencement of a mighty struggle when the golden bowl life's token into shining shards was broken it would seem then as though conscious of his strength he stood up like a spiritual giant exclaiming i am free at last i am free there was a complete expansion of his being as he drank in the celestial air he could not clearly understand the mysteries by which he was surrounded but he knew that there was a latent energy in his soul which being more fully developed would wrestle with these mighty problems until he had made the solution his own as year after year marking great and important changes in human experience rolled on 
men who remembered poe as he was said now he rests from life's labor now he sins and sorrows no more but they did not know upon what a mighty battlefield he stood neither could they understand through what fires of purification he was passing but there he stood contending bravely not once losing faith in his soul's possibilities and pressing earnestly forward to the desired consummation and in this he was not alone oh no there was with him a whole host of moral heroes who conscious of their power to win the victory and quickened by the inspirations which they received from that higher state of being were striving by the excelsior movement of the soul to attain to those glory encircled heights from whence they could look calmly down upon the plane of their earthly existence thus it was that as they gradually arose higher and higher in the scale of being he and they could perceive that all sin and sorrow and evil ended at length in blessing and that truths which were dim and indistinct which seemed aught but truths came out into clear and shining light and in their heavens were stars of the first magnitude thus also as he toiled on he became versed in the mysteries of the spirit not in mere moralities for true religion godliness or spirituality is the full free and complete development of man's entire being both in the intellectual and moral science and literature art and religion have been separated by mankind because they did not understand the true mystery of godliness but in that higher life one of the first lessons taught to the soul is that all things have their uses even the low animal passions leading man into error into sin sensuality and evil where thereby teach him lessons of wisdom will teach him to avoid the false and the untrue and also that there were rocks and quicksands upon which his bark had almost foundered and which in the future he must avoid whether it be these lower passions or the intellectual and moral still each must have its own appropriate manifestation and as all these capacities for growth and perception belong not to the body but to the spirit so the spirit sweeping away into the great eternity bears up all these powers of its wondrous mechanism with it and the vision of ezekiel is realized for the living creature being lifted up the wheels are lifted up also each organ of the brain has its own magnetic circle touching the one upon another like the mechanism of a watch and all governed by the mainspring which is the eternal consciousness of man the central power of his being this order in the change from the mortal to the immortal is not lost but finds a more harmonious surrounding thus when the spirit has ascended with its increased power with its superior opportunities for observation and investigation of all the truths of the universe it learns this most important truth that not in one direction but in all the spirit shall find its most free and perfect development thus having become familiar with the conditions of the higher life the one of whom we speak realized that it was not in the poetic element of his being alone that he was to find inspiration not in smooth flowing numbers or cunning arrangements of human speech but in the grand harmony of the living whole the perfect accord of his entire being it was necessary in passing forth from the flesh that he should learn this simple lesson he has endeavored by all the powers of his nature to make its application and he has succeeded this night he gives his farewell to earth not that he is to be divided forever in his interest from humanity but no longer incited by restlessness or ambition to express in rhythmic numbers the fiery thought within no longer drawn by the sordid interests of this earthly life he can gaze down upon this lower world and influence the minds of men and still be above them he can still minister as an everlasting truth and living power to the needs of humanity 
but as poe the individual he is willing to be forgotten his personality as far as human recognition is concerned can end here he cares not that this poor paltry me should be spun out into infinity he says let my soul speak which is the divine power i have realized in myself the mysteries of godliness and know now that i too am divine i have merged and lost my will in the great will of the universe i know now what heaven is it is beauty perfection harmony i would live forever in that celestial air and draw in the vitalizing influences of truth i do not desire to go down to the lowly homes of earth nor to mingle with men in their contentions and selfish interests i know that there is a power guarding and guiding all things and i can trust those whom i have loved or those for whom i have cared in that almighty hand whatever mysterious manifestation of wisdom on the part of divine providence comes to humanity i can say now it is well let the will of that power be done i have then no work to perform for you i have only to carry with me through the vast eternity and open nature that i may receive truths and in passing onward transmit them to those who are to follow after me thus it is with all great and earnest souls the mystery of godliness or true spirituality as an impelling and inspiring power is behind them making itself manifest through their being it also stands before them beckoning them on the way it may be they have natures of steel and fire and that a thought electric strikes upon the heart and sits a mania on the brain but still they feel that power impelling and persuading and finally when they perceive that the grand current of human events is tending toward the great ocean of infinite truth they are willing to let their own peculiarities and characteristic tendencies also flow on in the great stream and so harmony is at length established not only with themselves but all the lesson of poe's life in itself was worth much to humanity in coming time others besides ourselves will dissect and analyze his peculiar nature and present it even as we have to men as an instance of that spirit which was made manifest in the flesh which was seen of angels was preached by inspired lips to humanity believed on in the world and received up into glory great indeed is the mystery of godliness great in the light of the human lives that come and go upon the broad arena of earthly existence great also is that mystery as made manifest in those spirits who go forth from the flesh and feeling the divine inspiration stirring within them seek for life eternal life in order that they may grow and expand to the fullness of their spiritual being having within themselves a quenchless thirst for the harmonious and the beautiful they are true to the great law of the spirit for whether in time or eternity it may still be said that within the heart of man there is a constant yearning for something higher holier unattained upward and onward from the present turning yet resting never when a point is gained some unseen spirit evermore the soul is urging through childish weakness and ambitious youth and day by day all souls are still converging nearer and nearer to the central source of truth youth cuts a foothold in the rock of ages the hope of fame and glory lures him on his way and pondering o'er the works of ancient sages he catches glimpses of a brighter day alas but toilsome is the way and dreary to him who has no high and holy aim and pausing on life's threshold sad and weary he casts away the laurel wreath of fame footnote 
these lines with those at the close of the lecture are quoted from one of my written poems End footnote thus it was with poe not clearly discerning the purposes of life he did not bend his efforts to one high and holy aim his nature was wandering and erratic this is also his present view of his earthly life he has cast away his laurel wreath of fame and now upon his brow burning brightly with the glories of the celestial sphere is an olive wreath of peace he stands now as a majestic soul self-poised and harmonious yet he has not lost aught of the brilliancy and fire of his genius edgar a poe was mighty in the flesh and in the spirit he is mightier far his manifestations will yet come to mankind but not as from the individual they will speak to your souls they will breathe in the words of fire from the lips of humanity as inspirations from the higher life rather than as the utterances of him who was once known among men as edgar a poe oh ever thus have earth's most noble-hearted gone calmly upward to their place above and when their footsteps from the earth departed have left their works of genius or of love for aspiration is the mortal lever raising the earnest spirit to its destined height but inspiration only comes from gazing upon the perfect source of life and light end of poem this recording is in the public domain